Good to be with you again this morning. Just in that attitude of prayer, what great worship. Could you bow your head with me, close your eyes? And What I'd like for you to do, if you're, if you're cool with this, is just put your palms up. Just don't have to be over your head, just right there in your lap, just your palms up to the heavens. Bow your head, close your eyes. You know, I didn't talk to Rick all week. I didn't talk to Kurt all week. We usually don't things don't do things like that around Alamo City. But the same spirits in them, same spirits in me, same spirits in you. And uh, Second Chronicles seven fourteen is in my notes this morning. And those those last two songs that we sang, worship together, ain't no grave. And come to the altar with the last two songs I, I left my house with this morning. And God, you're so good. Just say this to the Lord if it's in your heart. Say, Lord, will you speak to me this morning? Say this, Lord, would you help me to concentrate this morning on what's being said? Lord, I thank you for this morning, and we do pray for people in our country that are going through some tough times, Lord. But as Kurt said, you're our refuge. We sang it. You're our refuge. You're our strong tower, Lord. We could call, call upon you anytime, day or night, as your people, Lord. And I just pray, God, you know my heart with this, this word, this message from the Bible this morning, Lord. You know, so many other times that I've spoken this word and so many people just kind of get deer in the headlights type thing, Lord. Lord, would you help us? Would you help us this morning to concentrate on what's being said from the word? Not something we've heard before, not something we've had on our heart, not something that we've... But Lord, what you're saying this morning to your people... Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have your Bible, John 13, 34 and 35, context of this, Jesus just washed the disciples' feet. Just washed their feet, including Judas. And in verse 30, 34, Jesus makes this statement, statement to the disciples. Remember what we were talking about? Last week, the Bible is written to who? Believers in Jesus Christ. The disciples. He's talking to the disciples. He's not talking to the masses. Last time I was here to speak, not last week, but a while back, I talked to you about Jesus' last, last crusade. He was crying out to the masses, but this is being, he's speaking this to his disciples. And folks, that's why I asked you to pray before, because I... I need you to hear this. This is from the Word of God. Like I said last week, I'm not the chef. I'm not the cook. I'm the server. I'm the waiter. It's already been cooked. It's already been baked. I'm telling you what the Word of God says, but so many times when I preach this Word, this specific Word, people, I've even shared it with somebody this morning, and they went right off into a Word. They usually go off to. This is written to believers. This is written. He's saying this to his disciples. Peter and John. The disciples. The 12 apostles. Judas is gone now. It's just the 11. And he's speaking it to them. Galatians are Christians in Galatia. Colossians, Christians in Colossia. Right? Romans. Christians in Rome. First Peter's writing to a bunch of churches in Galatia. He's writing to believers. And he says this. He says, I give you a new commandment. I give you a new commandment. Look at it, 34. That you love one another. What was the old commandment in Leviticus he's talking about? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as 
yourself. Jesus is not in the New Testament, and Jesus, I believe, from the Word of God, is not about ourselves. I've said this many times in 36 years of ministry, that self-esteem is probably the most unbiblical word in the English language. Self-esteem, lift self up. Three times in the scripture, the guy who led me to the Lord, Doc Eshelman, he started the pregame chapels in the NFL, went to the NBA in baseball. He's in glory now. But he used to say, Garza, John 3, 16 is in the Bible, but this verse is in the Bible three times. If you want to be my disciple, deny yourself. Deny yourself. Disown yourself. Take up your cross. Your cross is not your mother-in-law. Your cross is our self. He said, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself. Great proverb. Deny yourself. Take up your cross, kill yourself, and what? Follow me. That's in the scripture three times. If you want to be my disciple, don't love your neighbor as yourself. Listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. He says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. He just got done washing their feet. He took all his clothes off and he put the loincloth on and that was the picture of the lowest slave, the lowest servant in the household. No clothes except a loincloth. And he washed their feet. He wasn't calling for foot washing where you come to the church around the holidays and everybody takes a bath and everybody gets a toenail job and they come in and they wash somebody's feet. And the hierarchy wash, he's not talking about that. He's talking about, here it is in the New Testament, ladies and gentlemen. For we as believers, we as believers, we as believers in Jesus Christ to love sacrificially sacrificially love each other brothers and sisters in Christ we stop loving our neighbors of course not but Romans says give preference to the brothers and sisters in Christ Galatians says especially the brothers and sisters in Christ Philippians says, esteem the brothers and sisters in Christ. Colossians says, above all, above all, love the brothers and sisters in Christ first. First Peter says it this way, I love it. Above all, have a fervent love. Everybody say fervent. It means a hot love. It means a sacrificial love. It means it gives reference to a ship with its anchor way down. How many remember that old hymn? He had a reach way down for me. We're supposed to reach way down for brothers and sisters in Christ. We're supposed to stretch for brothers and sisters in Christ. See? See? Quiet, man. I'm telling you what the word says. Amen. All through the New Testament, above all, especially, above all, Philippians 2, he's locked up. Paul's locked up. Talking about unity. Above all, esteem your brothers and sisters in Christ. Esteem them. Put them before yourself. Have this mind that was also in Christ Jesus. Who laid aside his deity, his Godhead. Jesus said, you know it, you know it. He didn't come to be served. He came to what? Serve. Serve. Have a fervent love for brothers and sisters in Christ. Have a hot love stretched down for him. That anchor. Think of that. Look at that picture. That anchor. And this is a piggyback, guys, ladies. 
from last week. 1 Peter 3.15, live like a believer, right? Live like a believer. This is one of the ways we live as a believer. We love brothers and sisters in Christ. We put them in preference above all. We esteem them first. That's why we, pastor says, go down, people in the church, to the mercy room. If you need something. Yes is for the community. Yes is for the lost. Yes. But above all, first is the brothers and sisters in Christ who have need. 1 Peter 3.15, last week, live like a believer. And then be ready, right? Be ready to give an answer. Be, give, be ready to defend. That's where we get the word apologetics from. Defend. Daddy, why don't we do it that way? That other family does this. Why don't we do it that way, Dad? Why don't our family do that? Hey, man, why don't you do that? How comes you're 15 minutes early for work? How comes you work this way, not like the other folks work? Give an answer. Defend away the hope you have inside. We got a hope. We've got a faith. And our hope and faith is not just in another, 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 another land somewhere. Our faith is hope is, is in a real, living, risen Savior God, Jesus Christ, and what he said. And what he said. And he said, have a fervent love. I give you a new command. The old command was love your neighbor as yourself. As you feel like you want to love your, you feel like I love yourself, that's the way you love your neighbor. In the, in the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest message ever preached by the greatest preacher that ever preached, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he says, here's the way I want you to love. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Proverbs says when a man's ways are pleasing to God, he'll make even his enemies lay down and be at peace with him. It's a testimony. Acts 2, back to that first church. Breaking bread together, praising God together, praying together. Selling what they had and giving to those where? In the church. The believers who had need, not just their old tennis shoes. They had been worn 10 years and I'm going to give it to them. No, they were selling what they had and giving to those in the body that had need. And guess what? That next door neighbor said, man, they really love each other. Last verse in Acts 2, many, everybody say many. Many were added to the church daily, those who were being saved. Folks, it's all about you and I. It's all about believers in Jesus Christ. Because I don't care what you have over your name, over your office, what your plaque says, what your degree says. You cannot love like the scripture says to love until you've been saved. Until you've received the Lord and become a child of God. That's why I've been telling since 9-11, First Baptist Church, New Braunfels, Texas. I was laid over and... Dean Martin's hometown, Steubenville, Ohio, during 9-11. Finally got home. Second Chronicles 7, 14, that verse that Kurt quoted. I've been preaching that since 9-11. If my people, everybody say my people. God's people. We're not all God's people. We're all God's creation. John 1.12 says only those who've appropriated Jesus, received Jesus, have the right, the authority to be called children of God, even those who believe on his name. It's all about my people. If they will humble themselves, what does humility mean? Look away from yourself. Not look to yourself. Look away from yourself. Disown yourself. Die to yourself and follow me. If my people called by my name will humble, humble themselves, look away from themselves, 
disown themselves, die to themselves, and pray. If my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And listen to this one, my people. Everybody say, my people. Turn from their wicked ways. Whose people? What do they got to do? Turn from their wicked ways. Don't, we're, not, we're too busy looking out. You've heard it many times from this pulpit. When I got two point at you, I got three point back at me. We keep talking about the politician. I don't care what they call themselves, what they have over their name, how many degrees are on their wall, how big their bank account is, what their background, family background is. They're not God's people. God's trying to get his people's attention. See, a lot of believers don't believe this. They don't believe that my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my husband has anything to do with what's going on in our world today. My relationship with God, the way I live and work, the way I live away from Alamo City Church has nothing to do with what's going on in the world today. I said, guys, ladies, a couple times last week, and again, I'm not the chef. This is what 2 Chronicles 7.14 says. If my people, my people will humble themselves, look away from themselves, disown themselves, die to self, follow Jesus. 1 John 2.6 says, if you say you are a believer in Jesus, you walked the way Jesus walked. Ephesians 5.1 says, if you don't be imitators of man, be imitators of God. Written to who? Who are Ephesians? Believers in Ephesus. Believers. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Live the way Jesus lived. Died for people. Sacrificed for people. Stretched for his people. Fellow believers. And guess what happens just like in Acts 2, look what he says in verse 35. They'll know. Who is they'll? Who is they'll? Oh, what kind of others? There's only two kinds of people walking the face of the earth. Believers in Jesus Christ or non-believers in Jesus Christ. There's only two types of people walking the face of the earth. Believers in Jesus Christ are non-believers in Jesus Christ. And they, Jesus said, if you love one another the way I want you to love each other, not the way you want to love each other, but the way I loved you, sacrificially, stretched, died, deny yourself, confess your wicked ways. They'll know that you're my disciple because of the love you have for them. Look what it says. Look at 35. Where is it? The love you have for each other. The world will take notice. The love you have for them, know the love you have for each other. Galatians especially, Romans above all, Colossians above all, 1 Peter above all, have a fervent, hot, stretch, sacrificial love for brothers and sisters in Christ. And they, lost people, will take notice. They'll know you're my disciple because of the love you have for them? No, because of the love you have for each other. Acts 2, first church. They were together. For what? Instruction in the apostles' doctrine. For what? Prayer together. Breaking bread together. Communion 
together. They were together. They were selling what they had and giving to who? The people in the church. Other believers who had not. Praising God together in the synagogue together in the last verse. Many were added to the church. Those who were being saved. The church took, I'm sorry, the world took notice of the love the brothers and sisters had in Christ for each other. I'm just the waiter. First Peter 3.15, last week's verse, sanctify, set apart. Set yourself apart to God, you're already setting yourself away from something else. Live like a believer in the home. Live like a believer in the on your job. Live like a believer in your neighborhood. Live like your believer in persecution. Live like a believer, not just Sunday mornings. Live like a believer. Sanctify the Lord in your heart. Live like a believer and then be ready to give an answer because someone's going to take notice. Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine. No, let your light so shine. Let your light so shine. Just like for God, so loved the world. When you put S-O in front of a word, so, it means a degree. Let your light so shine in front of men that they may see your good works and glorify you, give you a backslap, give you a trophy, award. No. To glorify your Father who's in heaven. If my people, if my people, my people, those who've received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, could say like King David, the Lord is my shepherd. He's mine. I've received them. I've taken them to myself. I appropriated them. If my people called by my name will humble themselves, look away from yourself, disown yourself, crucify yourself, follow me, pray. Greatest form of humility. Kurt, I so appreciate you bringing us to prayer. This church prays. Our pastor prays. Learned so much from my pastor, as I said last week. One of the great things, pray. Pray. Wait on the Lord. Wait on him. Pray, my people, my people. I'm trying to get your attention, my people. It's up to us to live holy lives. It's up to us to live godly lives. Ladies and gentlemen, do you realize that believers' prayers are the only prayers making it to the throne? Proverbs says, non-believers' prayers, my ears are closed to non-believers' prayers. I don't care how many prayers you pray on those beads. You can't, it is not making it to the throne. So not only is it a blessing for us to pray, listen, as believers, it's a responsibility for us to pray. It's a responsibility for us to pray because our prayers are the only ones making it to the throne. If my people call by my name, look away from yourself. Look away from yourself. Greatest definition for humility. Look away. Disown yourself. Seek my face. Pray. And turn from your wicked ways. What do you say he's going to do? Heal our land. My people. It's up to us. Everything you see going on in the world today, he's trying to get my people, his people, to live like believers, like the book says, to do marriage, to train children, to do with your money. Old Doc, second time I'll mention him today, led me to the Lord before a game in Tampa, Florida. April 30th, 1983. Not only say that verse is in the Bible three times, but he used to tell me about the old saints in the 40s and 50s. He 
founded a big church in Boca Raton, Florida called Bible Town. It's called Boca, Boca, Boca Church, Community Church now, Community Bible Church. But Doc used to say about the old saints back in the 40s and 50s and 60s, he said, when the old saints of the church got blessed financially, first thing they did, wrote a church check to the church. And I know, I've lived with some of these people that he talked about. I stayed at their homes. He says, today's believer, when they get blessed financially, when I got two point at you, I got three point back at me. He said, these new believers, when they get blessed financially, first check they write is to themselves. First check they write is the kingdom of the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. He said, of my people, the book says, my people. Called by my name, would love each other, the world will take notice. It's us, up to us, folks, to live the life, to pray, to witness. Ms. Ann, if you turn quickly to that first Corinthians passage. One we all know. Because I don't want to leave you without the definitions for love. We've all, us that are married, most of us probably had this in our ceremony, our wedding vows. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 8. It's called the love chapter. Love each other. The world will know you're my disciple because of the love you have for each other. They'll take notice of it. And if you could just go to eight real quick, Ann, before we go back to four. This love we're talking about here, look at it up there. It says this love never fails. The love I want to talk to you about in 1 Corinthians 13 never fails. It never fails. It doesn't go away. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It works. Another way to say it, I know there might be some people here that take medicine. It's a good subscription. It's a good prescription. The medicine works. If you take it, you believe it, it works. This love in 1 Corinthians 13, the one that Jesus said to love each other, believers in Christ, husbands and wives that are believers. Wow, you talk about Pastor Walker preaching this message over and over again to be filled. When you take a look at these verses I'm about to share with you, you're going to be crying out, Lord, fill me, I need you. I can't do it without you. John 15 says it, away from Jesus, we can do nothing. We're complete in Christ, Colossians 2 says, as believers. It was made reference to a ship complete in Christ. Cargo's up there, cargo's up, sails are up, anchors pulled, pulled, we're ready to go as believers. But guess what? If that wind didn't blow, if that wind didn't blow, it wasn't going, even though we're complete. That's what Pastor's saying. We're we're saved. We're justified. Born again. We're ready to sail, but the wind, Lord, I need you. Fill me. Blow through me. I can't do what you called me to do in this book without your filling me of the Spirit. This never fails, folks. 
my people. Call by my name, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Turn from doing it your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Don't do it the way mom and him used to do it. Do it the way the Lord. Find out. Look at it. You can put it back up again, Ann. Love is patient. I like the King James, long suffering. You remember what Jesus said to those disciples? Haven't I been with you so long? Philip, haven't I been with you so long, Philip? Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Philip said, show us the Father. He said, if you, haven't I been with you so long? So long, three years, banging it out with these disciples. The love that never fails. The love we're supposed to be giving to each other as believers. It's patient. It's kind. Listen to this word of kindness. It diligently, diligently means effort. Diligent looking to do well in another person's life. That's what kindness is. That's the love that never fails. Not only you hang in there with people, you're long-suffering with people. I've heard counselors in churches tell me driving a car, well, if they don't get it after one or two counseling sessions, what, I mean, what do you want me to do? Love is patience. Love is long-suffering. Kindness. Love is kindness, looking diligently. Had to do something good for our wife, for our husband, for our children, for another believer in Christ. To do well in a person's life. Love doesn't envy. We're happy when people are shown favor. That's what love is. Another believer in Christ gets the promotion, gets the raise. Children are doing well at this time. We delight in that. That's what love is, the love of the Bible, the love that never fails. It doesn't parade itself. Draw your attention to yourself away from other people. The love that never fails doesn't parade itself. It's not envious toward another believer. It's not puffed up. It doesn't behave rudely. Not engaging in ungodly behavior or activity. Making fun of folks calling people names. It's the love that never fails. Guys, ladies, it doesn't seek its own. We think of others we've been talking about all morning. Philippians, Paul says in prison, esteem others in the body above yourself. Think of others. Be otherness people. No greater role model than Jesus Christ took the form of a bond servant, laid his deity as God had aside and became a bond servant. A bond servant was one who willfully, everybody say willfully, willfully served. No one had to make them serve. It's not provoked. We don't restore, we don't, re, we don't go to violence James 1, 19 and 20, written to believers, every man and woman should be quick to hear. We've been told our whole life, God gave us two ears, one mouth, right? Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, verse 20, because the anger of man does not what? Produce the righteousness of God. We don't revert to anger. We're not provoked. Thinks no evil doesn't get, keep an account doesn't keep an account y'all heard that story about the couple been married 35 years went into the 
preacher's office for marriage counseling, and Harry said to the preacher, Harry, I mean, preacher, every time Gladys and I get a little spit spat, she gets hysterical, historical. The preacher said, no, no, you mean hysterical. He said, no, I mean historical. She starts bringing up things that happened 25 years ago. Love doesn't keep an account. And guys, it goes both ways. Goes both ways. We don't get historical. That's not love. Again, do you think this love he's talking about in 1 Corinthians 13 has anything to do with what we're seeing in the world today? Folks, do you realize we've got two things in law, in law, in our country that God calls abomination. And do you realize over 80% of people in America call themselves Christian? Kurt said it. We're not about the government. But let me tell you, folks, it's our responsibility to vote. And if we turn from our wicked ways, if we hold up the book to the people, what's coming out of their mouth, and over 80% of people say they're believers in our country, we wouldn't have two things on our books that God calls abomination. Abomination I can't even explain the word how bad it is. It's up to us. It's up to us, folks. My people. My people. The love that never fails does not rejoice in iniquity. Iniquity means sin. We don't rejoice in it. We don't watch it and laugh about it. My people. Oh man, God doesn't, you know, God does that. God doesn't care about that. That has nothing to do with what's going on in our country today. My people. Live like believers. I'll heal your land. That's what he said. He said, and my people will sanctify themselves. People start asking you questions. Let me ask you and I'll ask me. When was the last time anybody asked you a question? About the hope you have inside. This love, 1 Corinthians 13, it never fails, folks. Faith, we have faith in God's word. Love these last couple, bears all things, covers things. Old Rick was talking to me about a message I brought Christmas time a couple years about, about Joseph, Jesus' earthly dad. He loved Mary. When Mary came up pregnant, Joseph, by law, could have took her to City Hall and have her stoned. But he loved Mary. He said, I'm going to put her away secretly, quietly. I'm going to put a cover over Mary's sin. That's with the love that never fails. Don't parade it. Don't talk about it. Don't bring, people, bring it to people's attention in the church. We cover it if you love. This love never fails. Hopes all things. Bears all things. I've been to probably, I don't know, three, four hundred penitentiaries in the past 36 years. I've been on death row twice. Most of the time in the last couple years, I tell the inmates, I love you. I love you. You know what love means? You think the best of a person, no matter what their present circumstance looks like. That's the love that never fails. You think the best of a person, 
no matter what their present circumstance looks like. That's why we go to prison. Number one, we're obedient to the Lord. He said go to those incarcerated. We obey God, but we go because, you remember the end of last week's verse, sanctify the Lord in your heart, be ready to give an answer to everyone you ask you to hope you have inside. Do it how? Meekness. Not weakness, meekness. We don't beat people over the head with King James 1611 Bible. We know what we know what we know. That's why the meek can inherit the earth. That's why we can go to any neighborhood. That's why we can go to any penitentiary. That's why we can go to any third world country. Not because we're weak and not because we're puffed up. We're meek, power under control. We know that we know that we know what God has done in our life. We believe in what the scripture says and we share it in meekness and how else? Respect. Why? Because we were just like them at one time. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, homosexuals, adulterers, fornicators will not enter the kingdom. And he says to the Corinthians, who are Corinthians? Believers in Corinth. Believers in Corinth. Believers in Corinth. You were just like them at one time. So we share the message. In meekness, power under control. Secure in what we believe. Don't have to holler at people, scream at people. And we don't disrespect people because I was just like him. And Romans 2 says, the kindness of the Lord brought you to himself. Just quoted it. The anger of man, woman, does not produce the righteousness of God. If my people saved people, born-again people, sinners saved by grace people will humble themselves, disown themselves, look away from themselves, seek my face, turn from their, pray, pray, turn from their wicked ways. Jesus said it. I didn't say it. I'm the waiter. I'll heal your land. The way you live, church, three me, two you, does have lots to do with the world that we live in today. Believe it. Believe it. Have faith in it. Have faith in what this book says. I'm living it to God's glory and for the good of the society that I live in. Be ready to give an answer to everyone who asked you the hope you have inside and do it in meekness and respect. I shared something last week, and I'll close with it again. We talked about a couple theological words, three of them. The tombstone, spiritual tombstone. Born again, right? Justification. The day you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Justified. Born again. It's your date of spiritual birth. The dash sanctification that's what we're in right now all of us we're being sanctified what does it mean made more like jesus the more we hear the word the more we pray the more we continue to obey god makes us more like jesus and the last is the day we die and we go to heaven it's called glorify you're justified sanctified and glorified and it happens to every believer. Every believer who is justified, born again, will be sanctified and will be glorified. But the comment I made last week in closing was, a lot of people in our world today, <coughs> excuse me, we want to be sanctified before we're justified. 
We want to do, 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 straighten ourselves out, make ourselves right, you know, go to church, stop doing this, stop doing that. That's religion. Religion is man or woman's greatest effort to reach God. And at the end of a religious person's life, they don't know if they've done enough good that way to bad. So when you ask them, are you going to heaven, they don't know. They don't know. Hope so. Because they're trying to be sanctified before they're justified. A baby has to be born before they can begin to live, right? Ephesians says we're dead in our trespasses and sin. We're dead. We have to be born again. We have to be refurbished. We have to be brought back to life. We're dead. We have to be born again. That's the day you receive the Lord. You admit you're a sinner. You believe he took my place. There ain't no way I'm getting to heaven, but through faith in you, Lord. You're born again. Well, you're born again. That's why you say those things. There might be somebody here today that maybe rocks home with you, hits home with you today. That's exactly the way you've been, you've been trying to be sanctified. You've been trying to get right. And Jesus told the religious man, Nicodemus, in John 3, you must be born again, Nicodemus. You've got to have the spiritual birth first. And he went on and talked about the spirit, how you could hear the wind and you see the dust coming up off the ground, and you can see the leaves rustling in the trees, but you never know when the Spirit is going to touch down on a person. I used to go to chapel after chapel after chapel in college, first three years of pro football, but April 30th, 1983, that Spirit touched down on Big Daddy Rich. And my life ain't never been the same. Could you put your finger on it? I wanted to know the date. I went back to all the programs I used to send my mom because she couldn't make the away games. Tampa Bay was an away game. And I wanted to know the date, and I found it April 30th, 1983. And I tell people, I don't believe everybody know, needs to know the date, but come on, man, you got to know when it was. Because I guarantee you know the first time you took a swig of, swig of alcohol, laid down with a man or a woman, you probably put your finger on that real quick. What was it? BBS, Sunday service, Sunday night service, youth camp. But there might be somebody here that says, Rich, always been a Christian. It's not biblical. You never always been. No one's always been a Christian. You've always been a sinner. There, has to been a, there had to be a spiritual birth. When was it? Folks, we love you. We love you. That's why we're challenging you. When was it? You're not going to be able to get right, sanctified, without first nailing it down and being born again, justified. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me. I'll rest your soul. Then take my yoke and learn from me. Nail it down. I like everybody to bow your head and close your eyes. And if that's you, young man, young lady, sir, ma'am, can't put my finger on it, Rich. Can't put my finger on it. I've been hoping I could get to heaven by being good enough. Realize I can't. That you, sir, ma'am, nail it down. You might be sitting there like I sat, saying this got to be God because I never felt like this in my life. No drug, no meal, no food, no person ever made me feel like this. I know this got to be God. That you, tell God what he already knows about you. Just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Tell him that. I've been trying to do it my own way. Thought it could be good enough. Realized today I can't. And Lord, I surrender. I give up. I ask you to forgive me. 
And like that old prodigal son said when he came back home, he said, make me. Tell the Lord that. If that's you this morning, just say, Lord, make me the man, the woman, the boy, the girl that you want me to be. And then tell him this because it's biblically true. Say, Lord, I'm going to heaven when I die. Not because I'm a good guy. Not because I'm a good woman. Not because I go to church. Not because I'm Baptist. Not because I'm Pentecostal, Presbyterian, Methodist. I'm going to heaven when I die, Lord, because right now, on the 4th of August, I put my trust in what you did for me on the cross, not what I could do. And now I'm going to tell people, I can tell people, I'm going to heaven because my faith is in what Jesus did on the cross, not what I could do. Everybody's head down, eyes closed, no one looking around. Anybody say, Rich, that was me today, Rich. Will you lift up your hand as high as you can lift it? Just lift it up as high as you can lift it. Real high, my man. I see you all back there. Real high. Real high, young lady. Real high. Over here, thank you, thank you. Young and old, thank you, thank you. Father, thanks for this morning. Thank you for this old book, Lord. Old Nietzsche, that atheist said there'd be no more Bibles in 50 years. And I think of my library with many Bibles. Thank you for this old book, Lord. And we confess it's your word, Lord. Lord, everyone in this room, I pray you'd help us to love it, cherish it, obey it. And then as our pastor's been preaching, cry out, Lord, I need that fresh filling to obey it. I need you, Lord. I want to be your man. I want to be your woman. Thank you for these that came today, Lord. And again, we pray for our pastor and Shirley. We pray, God... You'd keep them safe wherever they are. Bring them back filled, Lord. Thank you so much for their ministry. Thank you for their love for the sheep, Alamo City Christian, Alamo City Church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You folks that raised your hand, our prayer council is going to come forward. And uh, you need to tell somebody. What happened today? Come down and talk to one of us. We love to hear your story. But coming forward doesn't make you a believer. In your heart today in these pews. But let me tell you, the way you're going to know is your family's going to know the difference in you. That music ain't going to sound the same to you anymore. That taste ain't going to taste anymore like it used to taste. God's going to change you. You're starting a new life. Now you're in the dash. Being made more in the image. And let me tell you this. Christians still sin. We're not sinless, but we ought to sin less. We're not sinless, but we ought to sin less. That's how you know you're a believer. 1 John 1, 9, written to Christian, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's written to believers. Believers should always be confessing. Ephesians says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Always confessing. Written to believers. We're not sinless, but we ought to sin less. That's how you know God did it in my life. Amen? Come see us if you want to. Thank you all for praying. Thanks for your attention. Be safe. God bless.